0: Hi, I'm Christine Moore, Jimmy Moore's wife, and I'm here today to tell you about the Nutritional Therapy Association and why I decided to go through their Nutritional Therapy Practitioner Program. I figured, well, this will be a great opportunity for me to maybe possibly be able to help people with their nutritional issues and anything that they might be going through. Just the thought of me having to learn stuff again, it was intimidating. I didn't think that I would be able to do it. Didn't think that I would be able to retain the stuff that I was learning and I would have a hard time on the quizzes and the tests. The NTA is looking for more keto practitioners. They believe in real food. They do not frown upon good healthy fats. They believe that they should be a healthy part of the diet. The most gratifying part of the program has been getting to meet a bunch of like-minded people who are interested in nutrition. A lot of us came into this program with health issues of our own that we wanted to try to fix. The material that we're learning is just absolutely incredible. I thought I knew a lot about nutrition, but going through this program, there's so much more to it than what I actually knew. We learn about anatomy and physiology, so we learn about how things work in the body, how vitamins and minerals affect the body, so it's just been a great program. Anyone should do this program. It's a nine-month program that can pretty much fit into anybody's schedule. I mean, we have people that have children, full-time jobs going through this. So it's very flexible with your schedule. If you're thinking about it and not sure, I would highly recommend you go through it. Join the Nutritional Therapy Association today at nutritionaltherapy.com
1: you been interested in trying the new cutting-edge technology of exogenous ketones but didn't know where to get started? Let me introduce you to Perfect Keto. Visit perfectketo.com Jimmy and use the coupon code LLVLC at checkout to get 15% off your order. Perfect Keto was created by a functional medicine clinician who developed this unique formula for maximum efficacy. It's great tasting and the most affordable exogenous ketone supplement. Supplement you can find that raises blood ketone levels up to 1.5 millimolar to help increase mental focus, boost your energy, and commence fat burning. It does not contain any soy, dairy, gluten, artificial sweeteners, binding agents, or anything that doesn't directly improve your health. The synergistic power of a low-carb, moderate-protein, high-fat ketogenic diet... With Perfect Keto exogenous ketones will have your body running optimally. Perfect Keto is available in delicious chocolate sea salt and peaches and cream flavors. Each serving comes with 11.38 grams of high quality beta hydroxybutyrate for maximum ketone boosting, while adding in magnesium, potassium, cocoa, stevia, and vitamin C for extra micronutrition. Again, try Perfect Keto for yourself at perfect PerfectKeto.com slash Jimmy, and be sure to use the coupon code LLVLC at checkout to get 15% off your order. Perfect Keto. It's time for Keto Talk with Jimmy Moore and Dr. Will Cole, featuring veteran health podcaster Jimmy Moore and functional medicine practitioner Dr. Will Cole. They're here every Thursday answering your questions about low-carb, high-fat ketogenic diets. Now, it's time to drop some keto knowledge on Keto Keto Talk. Keto Talk, here's Jimmy and Will. Hey, hey guys, we're back here on episode 85 of Keto Talk with Jimmy Moore and Dr. Will Cole. Visit our website, it's ketotalk.com. And as always, if you'd like to engage with your fellow ketonians, head on over to the official Facebook page for this here podcast. It's at ketotalk.com fb.com and we're here each and every Thursday talking all things ketogenic with functional medicine practitioner and he's a really great guy too don't tell him that though dr will Cole is here what's up will what's up Jimmy how are you you are a nice guy I don't mean to joke about oh, that you really are a nice guy <laughs> thanks likewise hey man so uh something interesting happened since the last time we recorded and we were having flooring put in and this guy pulled up the old floor and he saw this black stuff just like everywhere. And I was like, "Uh oh, <laughs> I know what this could be. And so we uh, we called you and was like, is there any way to test to see if we've been exposed to black mold? And so, uh, yes, there is. Right.
2: Yeah. I mean, this is a lab. These are labs that we run for people all around the world, I mean, 80% of our patients are done via FaceTime and Skype and different, you know, webcam interfaces. And it's common in... Every state, I see it all around the country. Even in really dry places like Arizona, we see mold issues and abnormal mold labs. But the specific labs that we run most commonly are C3A and C4A. Okay, um, and these are typically—I mean, there, there's a few ways of looking at these. These are basically immune cells, immune labs to kind of look at how your immune system's behaving, and they're both typically high. Both C3A and C4A both. Typically typically high in Lyme disease or bacterial infections. So that's one way you can run C3A and C4A is for Lyme disease. Um, But C3A is low or like the tail end of normal, like almost low, and C4A is high. This sort of pattern here is most of the time the, ca- the cause of this is biotoxin illnesses like mold, the most common being mold toxicity. Right. So it's one way to look at not only mold toxicity, but Lyme disease, which are both ubiquitous, sadly, in the United States and around the world. Wow. Well, the happy, uh, the happy news about this
1: story is we had a mold expert come out, and he took one look at it, and he's like, that's not mold. So the good news is we don't have mold exposure. We're still going to get the test run just to kind of see uh, what's going on there uh, because I've long suspected that I have some mold exposure somewhere and it would show up in that test, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. That's one of the best ways to to rule it out. Good.
1: So, if people want to get that test, we're going to inundate uh, DrWillCole.com this week. But you can run that test uh, through Will. He's happy to do it. I'm sure any functional medicine
2: practitioner, right, can do that? Yeah, absolutely. Anybody that's trained in mold toxicity and biotoxins, and which many functional medicine doctors are. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. I just thought that would be interesting to start the show with because uh, it kind of freaked us out when we saw all this black stuff. Did you see the picture I posted on social media? <laughs>
2: I did. I did. It looked, it looked funky
1: for it sure. It was funky and, and too patterned for it to just be something random. And it ended up being the adhesive and then there was like this black foam. And so when they pulled up the black foam and the adhesive was there,
2: but it looked so patterned like it was... Purposeful, like mold. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. I mean, I think that definitely we always find our patients a, a mold expert in their area so they can get it ruled out because you want to get somebody in your house checking that out, too. Not just from a obviously we're looking at it from a health perspective yes. and how it's impacting your body. But it's also good from a house perspective to get someone on the ground there to look at that. Well, and because we have an older house uh,
1: while he was here, he's also testing the tiles that were put down for asbestos, and he found four different kind of tiles. So we're paying to have that done. As of the recording of this, I haven't gotten those results back, but uh, asbestos ain't anything to mess around with either. Absolutely not from a health perspective. So, all right, well, let's get to the main portion of the show. And we actually had a nice little feedback from Justin. Uh, He said, hey, Jimmy and Dr. Cole, I listened to your discussion in episode 81 of Keto Talk about the difficulty in getting life insurance. I just wanted wanted to let you know that there are actually carriers that will issue up to $1 million policies up to the best rating class without ever having to go through any blood or urine profile or any kind of Physical exam. If they're healthy between the ages of 18 and 54, have not uh, been declined or rated from a life insurance carrier before, this is an option that's available. It could be a good fit for someone that thinks their blood levels may be abnormal, quote unquote, from the insurance company pers- uh, perspective uh, and want to avoid doing labs. Just an FYI for people to talk to their insurance broker about this. So, yeah, we talked about this a few weeks back, Will. Uh, where it's, it's tough getting health insurance and life insurance at the best rates because some of these labs are a little off whack of what is considered, quote, normal.
2: Yeah, it was really exciting to hear the fact that people are having more options now than than years prior. So it was cool. Thanks for the feedback. Part of the problem is some of us have tried to get it
1: before and and have gotten declined because of health things. So we're not eligible. But if you've not gone through that before and you've seen great improvements in keto and, you know, give it a go. So it, it could be worth doing it. So let's get to the hot topics. I know this is your favorite portion of the show because by the time we get done, this is always the longest portion of the show is where (laughs) where you wax eloquently on all these hot topics. But I got three more goodies for you here today. The first one is uh, one that's been out there ever since I've been blogging, but it's this whole idea of a zero carb diet. And I'm going to guess what Dr. Will Cole would say is his issue with a zero-carb diet, you're probably going to say, how do you feed your gut bacteria
2: with a zero-carb diet? Yeah. So, you, you you know me pretty well, Jimmy. So, <laughs> you're rubbing off uh, on me. You know, in some rare cases, I think that these things can be good applications for people maybe to, that want to test it out that have seizures or epilepsy. Yeah. There's some people that have to go there, and that's the only way they're seeing benefits uh, th- to the level that are, they're able to function and get by and basically survive and function um, but for the majority of people will they survive with a diet like this yeah absolutely they're essential fats They're essential amino acids you're not like to, to survive you don't need these carbohydrates but will they thrive is, is really the question and I think for most people uh, they aren't going to thrive they're they're going to they're going to bring Really diminish the bacterial diversity of their gut. They're not getting the phytonutrients in plant food and green leafy vegetables so I think that there's a large majority of people that I see clinically that really do better whenever they're working on diversification of the plant foods that they're eating um, that are these healthy carbs that are low carbs green leafy vegetables primarily um, that's good for methylation and good for detoxification pathways and clearing the liver out this is good stuff but look I mean definitely we have studies and we look at traditional populations um, that have little to no carbs in their diet and Mm -hmm. they're really healthy people so I think there's always exceptions to that rule but when we're talking about in the realm of wellness and health the majority of people would do better with some healthy carbs in their life, some safe carbs in their life. So, Will, let's say that someone
1: comes to you as a patient, and I'm sure you probably have had this, uh, and they've been doing their own research through Dr. Google and listening to podcasts, and they hear about zero-carb diets. And I've got a great friend, Amber O'Hearn, who does a zero-carb diet, and they're, like, really convinced that they should go this way. What would you do to it uh, to try to make it Optimal? Um, what kind of plant matter would you add and how much? I mean, it, I, I, I know it's going to be an individualized thing, but mm-hmm. how would you make as close to a zero carb diet work for someone?
2: I think what I'd really like to do is I try not to have a bias as, you know, this is the way that everybody should eat. I'd want to look at their health history, look at their labs, look at how they feel, and put all those into context because. Look, I'm completely leaving it open that that people can eat a 0, zero carb diet and their labs look great, they feel great, their yep. risk fa- factors are not a factor. At that point, I'm like, well, well, go ahead, do it. It's obviously working for you. Um, I, I, and I can, I think that's completely possible. I, it's not something that I've, I see on a regular basis, um, but I, I'm okay with someone doing that. Um, but. What I would have them do, I guess, if they're having a zero-carb diet, is just making sure that their food choices, Mm -hmm. the quality of their fats, and the quality of their proteins were optimal. So, making sure they were on point with low-mercury fish, focusing on healthy wild-caught fish, focusing on um, coconut oil that is a good quality, focusing on good grass-fed beef. So, these are the things that I would have them focusing on and not just having any old fat and any old protein if someone really felt... they did best on a zero carb diet. And I'm sure you would
1: probably underscore that those people, more than even low carb and ketogenic eaters, need to eat nose to tail and have the offal to get the essential vitamins that they would be getting from the vegetables that they would be consuming.
2: Right. And you're right. Because that's another way to get a lot of the micronutrients that I was talking about if they are really loading up on grass fed liver and all of these good organ meats. But
1: that gut health thing, I knew as soon as I, I put this out there, I said, I know he's going to say, how do you feed the gut flora?
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But again, some people can be super healthy and that's fine. But sure. there are studies to show that there's this lack of diversification of the microbiome uh, by not having those foods. Right. Well, let's get
1: to another hot topic, and this one's a controversial one within the ketogenic circles, and it's the whole idea of exogenous ketones. Now, some of the companies are kind of marketing it really weird right now, so be buyer beware. Find the companies that are doing it well if you want to try exogenous ketones. But the, uh, but the technology of exogenous ketones itself, what do you think about it?
2: Well, I think first of all, just to bring my foundation of this would be food comes first. And yep. I, I don't think that you can supplement your way into an optimal, healthy, ketogenic diet. So here, here. Def- work with food first, but they are things that I do use in my life. I use them when I'm intermittent fasting and I see I have a full day of patience. I want to give myself some extra boost of energy. I use exogenous ketones. If I'm like on the run and I just don't have time to like make food, I may use them for fuel. Um, And there are definitely cool studies that show where they're eating traditional diets and then they're adding these exogenous ketones and it's it's eliciting some benefits. uh, benefit, uh, health benefits in their life. So, but ultimately, I think they should be like the icing on the cake and not like the foundation of what you're going to. Again, like we talked about last week of just hitting your macro. So this is ultimately looking at food as your as your medicine,
1: the sugar free icing on your low carb cake. There you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I have a love-hate relationship with exogenous ketones because I think the technology is incredible. In fact, Dominique Diagostino was the one that first put it on my radar screen way back in like 2011, 2012, where he said, "Oh yeah, there's these things called exogenous ketones that'll be coming." I was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa what? <laughs> you you inject ketones? Oh no, they just drink it through this uh, powder and it's it's going to help the Navy SEALs and blah blah blah." And I was like, "Okay, that's kind of a cool technology." So I've been it's been on my radar screen for a very long time time. I'm excited about the technology. I think what happened, though, is when companies got involved and they started making claims of, we'll put you in ketosis in 59, 59 minutes or less. That's where it got a little dicey for me. And a lot of the criticism of, of exogenous ketones came into play. But the good news is there are some great companies out there now making exogenous ketones uh, from a retail perspective and trying to do it the right way uh, for the purposes that you already outlined. I find when I'm stressed, I can drink some exogenous ketones and it helps uh-huh. um, keep the hunger at bay because when I'm stressed, I get hungry. Um, or when I haven't slept well or if I'm traveling, that's when exogenous ketones really becomes a lifesaver for me. It's not in lieu of low-carb, moderate-protein, high-fat, but in conjunction with –
2: yeah, definitely. I'm the same in the same boat that you were in as far as the application of these exogenous ketones. Um, I like, and I have no association with the company, but um, Dr. Anthony uh, Gustin, I don't know if you're familiar oh, with yeah. him. Oh, yeah, Perfect
1: Keto is one of our sponsors, yep. Okay, yeah, yeah. So his
2: Perfect Ketones, I love his stuff too. He's got so the I'm,
1: peaches and cream and what was the other one,
2: salted chocolate or something like that? Yeah, good stuff. So, I mean, there are good, great companies out there that are providing things when you are on the run and you do need an extra boost of energy or you do have some cravings when you're stressed out. Like, these are good ways to bring these basically hacking um, biochemistry and, and getting optimi- op- optimal function. Uh, During these times. So hear me loud and clear, guys. I love exogenous
1: ketones for the purposes we just outlined. I don't like the marketing of a lot of them. So some people are like, how can you talk about exogenous ketones when you think they're bad? And now you say they're good. And listen to what I say, brother. (laughs) (laughs) And then the last hot topic is... Testing for ketosis, uh, do you test or should you not test? This is kind of a a hot one in the community as well, because some people said, well, you can just feel when you're in ketosis. I just recently interviewed Mark Sisson on the Live and Levita Low Carb show, and he says he never tests. He just knows. And I'm thinking, okay, how do you know unless you actually test to see where you
2: stand? Yeah, I think testing is really the only way to know that, you know, <laughs> Yeah. for sure, for sure. Um, and you have to look at what the patient's goals are, what the person's goals are, if they aren't a patient and just saying, OK, what do you want to get out of this? Is this just something you're kind of testing around or is this something that you're really doing for a health problem and you want to really maximize your results? So I, I would suggest definitely at the beginning for the first few months for the majority of people to test to get used to macronutrients get used to their body and and then find an association with when they are hitting ketosis how do they feel how do they function and if they're tracking patterns if someone's really in tune with their body i think that's what mark sisson is saying yeah you kind of know and you feel a certain way and these guys that are immersed in this stuff and they live and breathe this i can definitely see that being true um, but the majority of the lay person are just getting used to it you're gonna to wanna to test because you may think that you are just because you're hitting the quote unquote right macros, but you actually aren't in ketosis. So you really have to troubleshoot along the way more than you maybe would have thought if you weren't testing.
1: I can't tell you how many people have written to me because I've uh, accentuated that people should be testing just to know where you stand, who, who've written to me and said, I thought I was in ketosis and I tested my blood and it was point three point two, which is well below the level that would be considered nutritional ketosis. And all they did was make like a slight little tweak in the protein, the carbs or whatever. And bada bing, bada boom, it was, you know, resolved. And so I. You know, I fall on the side of of what you said. Do it for a little while. And then it does become instinctive, like Mark was talking about in in my interview with him. I I think part of the issue, though, is people are like, well, uh, my hunger went away, so I must be in ketosis. Maybe. Or maybe not. There's some things where you don't feel hunger and it's not just ketosis that would do that. So you kind of have to tinker and test with it. And and there's so many ways to test now. Um, It'd be foolish not to at least do it for a period of time and then track how you felt during the, you know, certain readings and then kind of compare and contrast and try it on your own for a while. I now have done this so long, Will, that I can almost tell you on a whim what my blood ketone level is.
2: Yeah. And again, you're going to get really people that are the more they get used to it. It's like riding a bike or being proficient in anything. They're just going to get better at knowing how they feel when they are in the state. And the goal is not necessarily higher and higher and higher. People are like,
1: well, I only had a 2.1. I'm like, what? <laughs> 2.1 is amazing on the blood ketone. Yeah. So don't, don't get caught up with the numbers. Just realize that if you're if you're in the lower level, you're probably not going to be getting the full benefits as you would say at 1.0 compared to 0.5. So, uh, but test and see how you do. Um, there's definitely urine tests, which I don't recommend. It's kind of all over the board. After a couple weeks of adaptation, and then you've got breath, uh, the ketonics is the one major one out there. There's a new company I saw uh, recently called Level, which is coming as well. So stay tuned to hear more about that. And then, of course, blood testing. There's a lot of different uh, meters out there. Um, I have a new one at bestketonetest.com if you want to check it out for a dollar a strip. Those things are so expensive, so not everybody can can test the blood, but if you can afford a dollar a strip, uh, it gives you invaluable information for sure. Well, let's get into the main headlines today. And we got some deuces, as always. I like to start us off with one to raise your blood pressure a little bit, Will. Uh, This one, (laughs) that keto diet you think is working wonders could kill you. ODing on eggs, cheese, and meats while cutting off carbs may work well for your waistline, but not for your health. Here's why you need to get off the keto diet now. So it's one of these little cutesy websites that thinks they're educating people and, of course. Uh, you know, they have a dietitian on board here that talks about, oh, well, the ketogenic diet's great for seizure control and epilepsy, and this is what it's for. But unfortunately, it's now a fad diet. And so she goes on to talk about all these complications of a ketogenic diet, including constipation, nutritional deficiencies, a loss of salt, leg cramps, hormone disruption, and heart Ailments. And of course, you look at a laundry list of those things, and it looks so dastardly if you're not educated, Will. Uh, But a lot of these are, are just people doing it the
2: wrong way if they're having a lot of these issues yeah absolutely so they brought up points of things that it was just a not a well-formulated ketogenic diet right i mean constipation and then they mentioned like not having vegetables could <laughs> could cause constipation well we know this is completely congruent with a healthy ketogenic diet yeah uh and then n- nutritional deficiencies they mentioned that i mean talk about the most nutrient dense foods in the world being eaten and allowed on a healthy ketogenic diet i mean that's just silly uh hormone disruption i mean this is something we talk about last week I believe in the week yeah. prior is just because your they mentioned uh, thyroid function which again most people are referring to thyroid function whenever they're saying it's ketogenic diet is bad a, a slightly lab lower t3 doesn't necessarily mean it's bad it's just the body doesn't need that much t3 because it's a better well-oiled machine, basically. And then heart ailments was the funniest of all because it just basically brought out the whole saturated fat argument. Right. So at that point, it's like, well, all right, that's that's your perspective.
1: Well, and heart ailments probably is one of those uh, allusions to uh, like the LDL cholesterol and total cholesterol being yeah. elevated as if it mm-hmm. means something in your heart health.
2: Yeah, they, that's what they said. They said it because it raises cholesterol levels. Yeah, <laughs> So that's where they're coming from. Well, I, I see these kind of headlines,
1: though, Will, as a good thing that, OK, uh, keto is on the radar screen of a lot of people now and they feel like they have to counter it. So bring it. Bring it. Yeah. If, if you're telling me that I'm not getting my nutrients because I'm not eating whole grains, bring it. Let's have that conversation. Uh, and it's one reason why we bring them up here on Keto Talk. But let's get to another one uh, that was – it's out of Nigeria. There is furor over a ketogenic diet in Nigeria right now. Uh, The ketogenic diet uh, there has been well-known to help with epileptic seizures. But there's this guy – I'm going to try to say his name – Dr. Obina Ogbana. So I'm I, sorry, I totally slaughtered your name, but <laughs> but he's a big fan of the ketogenic diet and and um, trying to balance out the fat and carbohydrate and trying to be in ketosis so this is kind of cool that we're seeing this spread all over the world uh, i know we've talked about it in sweden and south africa and australia and uh, and in brazil recently we had a, a headline about brazil and now here is nigeria so we're seeing it go
2: worldwide yeah, I mean, it was definitely the article showed both sides that they, they kind of settle out negative things, and then obviously showed the studies that for autism and depression and migraine headaches and PCOS and diabetes, they showed these small case studies to be actually positive outcomes yes. with bringing a ketogenic diet in. So it was cool. It was a, definitely a good summarization uh, of the studies that are out there and then some some negative uh, concerns that people have in the mainstream model of care.
1: I'm curious if we have any listeners from Nigeria who would want to write to us. Definitely go to ketotalk.com. I would love to, and click on the email us your questions. I would love to hear from you about your perspective about what's going on with the keto movement in Nigeria, but I thought that was really cool. Something else that's cool is our next headline. The Silicon Valley uh, execs who don't eat for days, quote unquote, it's not dieting, it's biohacking. Techies are pushing the trend of intermittent fasting for weight loss, made popular by diets like 5-2 Plan to the extreme. Are they crazy? And so it goes on, Will, to talk about how these execs are seeing that these periods of fasting, it's not just for weight loss. They want their brains to be on fire and I can personally attest, obviously, to fasting for several days and even a ketogenic diet and maybe the use of some exogenous ketones. All of those things produces these same nootropic effects um, in the brain. So it makes you more efficient. And they're very positive in this article in The Guardian about ketones being a super fuel for the brain. And then it provides better mental clarity. All the things that we know about ketosis, but it's
2: getting out there in the mainstream. Yeah, it was really a, a cool article. The CEO, former CEO of Evernote, which is kind of a popular, you know, famous company. Oh, they yeah. have like, it's like a web, it's like notes. You were like a cloud-based note thing. I've never used it before, but I've heard of it. Um, but with, ex- he does fasting and he says he noticed benefits of weight loss, fewer mute, mood swings and improved productivity. And it was, it was a cool Positive article. Definitely one to share with your friends in the corporate world and business world.
1: I love the quote The first day I felt so hungry I was going to die. <laughs> The second day, I was starving, but then I woke up on the third day and felt better than I have in 20 years. You can tell this guy was a sugar burner when he started. If he was hungry on the first day to the point they thought he was going to die, and then he was just kind of hungry, starving on the second day, but then that satiety. It's weird for people that haven't fasted before, but the satiety really does kick in pretty strong in the third day, and you get that satiety because your ketones rapidly ramp up at that point. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. And then the last headline we're going to talk about here today Mick Jagger. I can't get no satisfaction. Get satisfaction from a diet that could add 10 years to his life. So he's the latest will, Sir Mick Jagger, to go on a low carb, high fat, ketogenic diet diet he's 72 years old uh, recently became a dad uh, last year and he wants to be around for that munchkin for many years to come so he went on a ketogenic diet well you think about this another major star we saw Halle Berry recently and now here's Mick
2: Jagger going keto what'd you think that's so cool. Uh, they mentioned the independent studies that showed that, that mice that were fed 90% fat were protected against Alzheimer's and cancer. And that they had a 13% increase in lifespan of the mice that were eating the high-fat versus the high-carb diet. So it was a really neat article to see someone like that who's still kicking it on stage, uh, yeah. wants to be the best he can be. He's pretty cool. He could be touring at 90 still with Keith. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Well, we're going to pause here and we'll be right back. They're back and better than ever at jimmylovesfbomb.com they are the f-bomb company fat is smart fuel they have made some incredible products for the ketogenic community and they make keto easier they have products that include coconut oil macadamia nut oil house blend mct oil olive oil avocado oil macadamia nut butter with sea salt macadamia nut butter without salt coconut butter macadamia nut butter blend they also have salted chocolate macadamia nut butter these are all available to you now at jimmylovesfbomb.com and if you head on over there now and you use the coupon code jimmylovesfbomb they'll give you 10 percent off of your first order jimmylovesfbomb.com would you like to test your blood ketones for just $1 per strip? Join the Keto Clarity Club at bestketonetest.com for the Keto Mojo blood ketone and blood glucose testing and join the club to get $1 strips when purchased in vials of 50. You get to choose how often that they will ship to you and you'll still get that $1 price per strip. And while you're at bestketonetest.com, make sure you get the meter. And we also have glucose strips sold in vials of 50 and you'll get $5 off with the coupon code Jimmy. There's also the ketonian special which allows you to get the meter, lancet, as well as a starter pack of blood ketone test strips. Again, it's bestketonetest.com for the Keto Mojo blood ketone and blood glucose testing. bestketonetest.com We're back here with Keto Talk with Jimmy Moore and Dr. Will Cole. KetoTalk.com is our website, and we are up to the very first question. We always like to start off the show with one of the questions from the audience, and this one's from Brian. Hi, Jimmy and Dr. Cole. I love this podcast. Been listening since day one. I've been eating low carb for several years and about a year and a half ago, I went full on keto. I love this way of eating. I've seen a lot of benefits from it and I regularly see average ketones of 1.7 millimolar. However, there is one drawback I experience at least once a week and upwards of four times a week. It's the dreaded leg cramps. They are more common at night, often when I'm sleeping, but I've experienced them pretty much any time throughout the day. I believe the ketogenic lifestyle truly is the ideal way to eat, but I shouldn't be having this major and often quite painful side effect, right? I've heard you discuss the issue of muscle cramps in the past and how they typically are due to dehydration and other uh, electrolyte depletion or imbalance. The quandary I now have is how can I really consider this ketogenic diet to be ideal if it leaves me with this leg cramp issue that I seemingly have to solve with supplement Obviously, if this way of eating was being implemented by our ancestors and it was causing them this problem, they wouldn't have been able to solve it with supplements. I don't have any major health issues and I'm not metabolically broken, but this nagging problem with my ketogenic diet makes me wonder how I can. Uh, it can truly be the perfect way to eat. Any ideas on why my electrolytes may be out of whack and leading to leg cramps, or could the cramps possibly be due to something else I'm not aware of at all? I appreciate your help. Keep up the good work, Brian. So, Brian has a question that we have addressed on this show many times before, Will. Uh, We haven't gotten your perspective on it, which is why we're asking it today. Why am I having painful leg cramps while on keto outside of electrolyte imbalance? And how do you resolve them without supplementation?
2: Well, leg leg cramps are definitely... Common when uh, when I see clinically, because we're shifting our patients from varying degrees of the standard American diet, maybe a healthy version, healthier version of it. Uh, they're trying to do good things, but when we shift them into this lower carb state, as you had mentioned, it can be one of the the potential side effects for many people it's not a factor for some people it is but it can be painful it can be annoying it can be for some people scary oh something's wrong is is, am I am I going doing something wrong yeah Uh, and it's due to this increased urination this decrease of fluid retention as your body is not having all those carbs that can cause this so I would start with the most obvious of just drinking plenty of water and being well hydrated making sure that you're getting enough of healthy salt in there so I even have patients put a little bit of Himalayan sea salt or another like good quality nutrient dense salt in some water just a teaspoon or two in water just to help with that uh, I, I don't know if that's what the, the question the person that asked the question doesn't want to supplement with it but it's using a whole
1: food they mean that maybe there's some of these supplements out there because when he wrote to me I had mentioned you know a, a lot of people under salt their food and don't get yeah. enough salt when they eat keto and you probably need to make sure you're getting adequate potassium You can have avocado for that. You also probably need a supplement with some magnesium. There's food uh, elements that Mm -hmm. can give you all of these things. And and I guess what he's saying is, what are all of those things so I don't have to take a supplement? What did what did hunter gatherer man do?
2: Yeah, so I definitely would try the salt water out, or just adding more salt to your food. Um, if needed, you could focus on foods that are richer in this magnesium, richer in the potassium, like you would mentioned, avocado, great source of potassium, magnesium. You can bring some nuts and seeds in. You can even Nor soak <laughs> the. Yeah, you could soak the nuts and seeds to make it the lectins more broken down. These are proteins that can cause inflammation for some people. It makes it a little bit more gentle on the gut, which and opens up the magnesium and the bioavailability of these nutrients that we're trying to up uh, in this case too um, if you're try if you want to use a, a supplement if someone's listening out there that just wants to tr- to go the supplement route magnesium can work great they have like a cow mag like um, the natural calm they have these mm. blends of magnesium and calcium that work great for people too try being consistent with either the foods that are rich in these like the nuts and seeds and avocado or a magnesium calcium supplement um, for a couple of weeks and it should dissipate should be fine Um, if none of this helps and you've tried all this and you're still having leg cramp you may want to try to up your carbs a little bit nothing extreme nothing that's going to throw you out of ketosis but just finding that sweet spot that you feel the best in and you're not having these these symptoms anymore yeah, Brian, you're not alone. I,
1: I had these really bad, and this was way back in 2004 when I was going through my Atkins diet, and nobody was telling me that this was normal or this is what's going on. I just kind of suffered through it, Christine. I would like scream in the middle of the night and Christine would try to like massage it out for me. and I, so I, I feel your pain, Brian. I know exactly what you're going through, um, but try some of these things that will talked about, and I think it, it might help you so. Well, special thank you to Jordan. Jordan gave us a donation this week. You can go to paypal.me slash ketotalk or ketotalk.com and click on the donate button to, uh, to help keep the show on the air. And we have a great study here today. I say great because it means we're going to have a lot of great discussion about it. <laughs> I don't know how great the uh, uh, one is, but <laughs> the telegraph has this one. Red meat halves... Your risk of depression. Hey, that sounds good. Women who reduce lamb and beef in their diets are more likely to suffer from depression, according to a new study. So experts admitted surprise at these findings because so many other studies have linked red meat to physical health risks. Uh, The team made the link after a study of a 1,000 Australian women, and the lead researcher said we'd originally thought that red meat might not be good for mental health, but it turns out that it may be quite important. When we looked at women consuming less than the recommended amount of red meat in our study, we actually found that they were twice as likely to have a diagnosed depressive or anxiety disorder as those consuming the recommended amount. And even when we took into account the overall healthiness Of the women's diets as well as other factors, the relationship between low red meat intake and mental health remained. Now, this was a fascinating study because I think it goes to the point that we've talked about often that if you want good solid brain health, you gotta produce ketones, and this red meat's probably helping with that ketone production, which would keep the depression at bay. What'd you think?
2: Yeah, the, they mentioned the omega-3 fats, which are higher in grass-fed beef, and they actually cited the fact that the, this cattle and sheep in Australia are largely grass-fed, and that this is kind of a healthier version, more higher level. Of conjugated linoleic acid, this other good fatty acid, and obviously B12. They didn't really mention that in the article, right. but B12, healthy saturated fats, healthy omega fats are brain food. Your brain needs these guys. And the truth is, your brain is 60% fat. And for so many, Years, people have been starving it of what the, it actually is made of, and it needs to to thrive. And are you a fat head, Will? Is that what you say? <laughs> I, I'm a total fat head. Total fat head. Total fat head. So, 25 percent of your body's cholesterol is in your brain. I mean, this is like no. This is a no brainer for us in the keto world, in the functional medicine world. But this is new news to people who are trying to do the well intentioned thing and avoid all this stuff. And then we see the rise of anxiety and depression it, these mental health issues are growing by leaps and bounds the leaps and bounds the mood disorders are pervasive it's something that i see sadly in my clinic on an hourly basis and I just think it's just normal because everyone else is just as depressed and anxious as they are. Just because something is common doesn't make it normal. And we need cholesterol. We need the fats. We need B, the B vitamins that are most bioavailable in these animal fats to, to have an optimal brain function and optimal hormones. And
1: what's really sad is so many people are popping pills, uh, prescription drugs for these mental health issues. And... It could just be something as tweaking their diet and they see such dramatic improvements that that pill will never give them.
2: Yeah. yeah, it's just it's true. I mean, arachidonic acid, the, the omega fats, these good fats that are found in red meat and wild caught fish are really needed for brain function. It's something one of the biggest pivotal moments I see when people are going through these mental health issues, really start lifting over the course of months and sometimes longer than that to really regain that function that that has been uh, dysfunctional for so long. Arachidonic. Isn't that uh, being scared of uh,
1: spider? Oh, that's arachnophobia. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Same thing. Same thing. (laughs) Well, this uh, study was published in the journal Psychotherapy and Psychosomatics. So go check it out, you guys. But let's get into today's meat, all pun intended, uh, (laughs) of the show with the featured questions. The first one is from Brenda. Dear Jimmy and Will, I've been following the ketogenic diet for nearly a year at the age of 75 and have never or have experienced great energy eating grass fed meats, uh, fresh farm eggs and organic vegetables. But over the past month, I've noticed my energy has taken a dive and I thought it might be the heat of the summer, but my blood pressure also dropped solo 70 over 42 yeah that's low that i had a tough time just standing up my doctor had me wear a heart halter and discovered i now have and help me with this word tachycardia tachy, how tachycardia. It? Tachycardia. tachycardia tachycardia yeah okay of course now i have to see a cardiologist and i'm sure he's going to flip out about my numbers eating keto total cholesterol 294 ldl 198 hdl 85 trigs 55 LDL P 2100 small 386 VLDL-11, fasting blood glucose 90, vitamin D-97, C-reactive protein 1.1. Those are amazing numbers, by the way. (laughs) Do you have any suggestions for me, Brenda? So Brenda wants to know, why am I experiencing this sudden dip in energy levels while eating keto when energy has been great?
2: So the only number that wasn't in the functional range here that you had mentioned, Brenda, is the small dense LDL particles. It's not extremely high and actually is better than a lot of our patients when they're as they're kind of working towards these goals. But yours was 386 for your small dense LDLP, which would be found on the NMR test to the yep. nuclear magnetic residence for those of you who wanna know the subfractionation of these LDL particles. Hers was three eighty-six. Our goal in functional medicine would be Less than 200 animals per liter, um, which is the typical unit there. But it looks like she still, despite a slightly higher LDLP, is still in pattern A, which is the non oxidized, fluffy, buoyant, cotton ball LDL, the good guys, basically, the non inflamed guys. Um, but I would definitely, to the point that we mentioned with the leg cramps, making sure you're well hydrated, experiment with the tools that we actually mentioned in the into leg cramp uh, to help with electrolyte balance and help with getting the blood pressure up there. Um, So salt water, bring magnesium, maybe increase carbs a little bit and test for you and see if you feel better there um, or not. And maybe it doesn't make a difference at all. I would say test, test and test to make sure how can we optimize this for you. And there it could be other issues, too. I mean, I definitely see people with these HPA axis issues, which is a brain adrenal communication Line the hypothalamic-pituitary-adrenal axis, and they're bottom, bottoming out as, as far as cortisol function. So we bring some adaptogens to help balance out their cortisol, um, and this fix this fixes the low blood pressure for them. So there could definitely be other issues there too, other than you know, the, the macronutrient optimization.
1: So, Will, I wonder if Brenda might have uh, subconsciously lowered her calories and maybe that's contributing to a decline in energy.
2: Yeah, definitely. And it's that's another possibility, too, is you're just not eating enough food for your body. She mentions she's 75 years old, definitely for anybody. But optimized calorie intake is another way to to mitigate that as well. Seventy five, though. And those numbers I know. Brenda,
1: you are a rock star. And, and you know, some people might see the 294 total cholesterol and go, oh, my gosh. But remember, she's 75 years old, you guys, and a woman. And so women that are in their 60s, 70s and 80s, normal cholesterol is 300. So she's right there. And the fact that her trigs are so far under 155 and the HDL cholesterol, the good cholesterol, 85. I mean, she is just rocking it. And C-reactive protein at her age, only one point oh, I hope I'm half that good and, and vitamin D at 97 I hope I have half that good of numbers by the time I get to 75 so kudos yeah. to you Brenda well, let's get to the second featured question of the day. This one's from Alexandria. Hi, Jimmy and Dr. Cole. A friend of mine read the book The Plant Paradox by Dr. Stephen Gundry and is following his dietary advice. After reviewing their recommendations, essentially no legumes, no grains, lower no fruit, no vegetables that contain seeds on the inside like cucumber, squash, etc. It seems that she would easily fall into the ketogenic diet recommendations. She recently met with her naturopath who is leery of Keto because of the supposed low vitamin C intake. Do you have any insight into this and how a ketogenic dieter would get vitamin C? I usually follow a paleo keto diet, but have never considered micronutrient deficiencies as a concern because I'm eating so much plant matter. Thank you in advance, Alexandria. So Alexandria wants to know, is there a concern about a low vitamin C intake while eating a restricted ketogenic diet like the one outlined in The Plant Paradox? And I see this question uh, and I get this question often about, you know, where do you get your vitamin C from if you don't eat, you know, oranges? And then I hear the same thing about potassium. How do you get potassium if you don't eat bananas? And people forget there are a lot of other foods that are legal on keto that are rich in these micronutrients
2: yeah definitely i think that the nutritionist who whoever the practitioner was that was giving you the information really didn't uh know what they were talking about fully a well formulated healthy ketogenic diet is really nutrient dense and vitamin c if you're eating foods that have vitamin c in it like kale kale like a cup of kale has 80 some milligrams of, of vitamin c that's that's 134 percent of your daily value yes Brussels sprouts, a half a cup of 48 milligrams. That's 80% of your daily value. Broccoli, just a half a cup has 51 milligrams, which is 107% of your daily value. That's just three vegetables. Kale, Brussels sprouts, and broccoli. And these are all congruent with what Dr. Gundry talks about in Plant Paradox. We were uh, both in Arizona last week, and we got to geek out on this stuff. So he wants you to avoid high lectin uh, vegetables that have seeds in it, which can cause inflammation for some people. But let's just Say you're following the plant paradox uh, diet, which can be definitely a ketogenic approach as well. Oh, yeah. Focus on kale, focus on Brussels sprouts, focus on broccoli. Uh, These are um, these are compliant with what he's talking about in his book, and they're also rich with vitamin C. And again, I go back to the offal. I think there's
1: so many micronutrients that are in all the other odd bits of the animal that we sometimes forget uh, about those vitamins that are in there.
2: So, w- which offal has vitamin C? Uh, none that I know of, okay. really, in ample amounts. I, I could be wrong on that, but none that I know of that would be in ample amounts. I would go to the the plant food for that. But Green these leafy. are, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm.
1: great. Well, Alexandria, thank you for that question, and definitely try it, uh, and go back to your naturopath and say, well, what about kale, <laughs> and what about broccoli, and 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 just see what they say. I would definitely love to hear uh, how they respond to that when you say, well, I get ample amounts in this and this and this, and I'm eating all these things, and it's perfectly fine on Doctor Gundry's diet. So <laughs> that'll be fun to listen. So, well, we're going <laughs> to pause here again, and we'll be right back. Have you read my best selling book, Keto Clarity, and still have trouble trying to figure out this ketogenic thing? Then let me introduce you to my latest project called Keto Clarity Academy. Visit the website ketoclarityacademy.com where we're making low carb simple. This program is designed to help the average everyday person struggling with health issues, weight gain, and just needs a clearer understanding of what keto is all about. Our goal is to simply Teach practical ways to implement a Whole Foods nutritional ketogenic diet for optimizing both weight loss and health. We have various services available to you, including classes on ketogenic diets based on keto clarity. We also have one on one support and consultation mentoring, as well as 24 hour texting with an instructor. Again, go to KetoClarityAcademy.com and sign up now to find your clarity about keto. Keto Clarity Academy. We're back here with Keto Talk with Jimmy Moore and Dr. Will Cole, and we are up to the third featured question of the day. This one is from Ethan Will. It says, hey guys... What is a patient who eats keto supposed to do when they're in the hospital? I need to have an aortic heart valve and stem replacement surgery someday, and I worry about what this hospital stay will do to me. I'm severely insulin resistant, type 2 diabetic who has not has had an A1C of 10.4 prior to going keto. Three months after going keto, the number dropped to 5.6. Wow, what a drop. I'm keto for life now, but this hospital stay will be a challenge to avoid the crappy garbage they like to serve as well as the sugar-filled goop that they put in the feeding tubes. I already know my healing won't happen properly with high blood sugar and insulin levels, and the hospital will simply medicate and inject me with insulin to deal with it. If I ask my hospital to avoid doing this, will they follow my wishes? I suppose I could just fast the entire time I'm in the hospital, but do you have any suggestions about this? Thanks so much for your help. Ethan. So Ethan has probably somewhat of a common question. How do I avoid the onslaught of sugar and crappy carbage while I'm in the hospital? And will they honor my request to keep the sugar and carbs out of my diet if I ask them to?
2: This is a problem that we see a lot uh, clinically because we are with our patients for about a year on average and over the course of the year some of them have scheduled routine procedures or surgeries they just have had just due to the health problems they had as they were coming into the clinic. So this is something that we have to be on the ground proverbially speaking to basically navigate patients through this because they're worried about it because it's like everything goes out the window when they walk through those hospital doors. I would say most the time just speak up and give your specific requirements and it depends on the hospital, depends on the the, the team that you have around you, how, com- how accommodating they will be. And most of the time I find that my patients, if the, my patients speak up, they will be accommodating. You may get eye rolls and like why are you even <laughs> caring about this? Why don't you just trust everything that we're feeding you? You're one of those. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. You may make their job more annoying uh, for them because you're actually uh, speaking up and asking questions and making them do maybe more legwork on there. You're supposed to be a limbing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that could ruffle some feathers based on the personality. But as overall, this is your body, and you don't have to eat any. They're not going to force feed you, at least I hope not at this point. Um, feeding tubes, that's a bit different. I've had this issue with patients that have to be on feeding tubes during certain times in their life. There are companies that have real food feeding tubes, but getting that in the hospital and having them be okay with that – Probably not going to happen You could look into it But it's they're probably not going to be okay with that. So other than the feeding tubes, the actual hospital food, what we've had to do is we equip the patient's uh, spouse or loved ones to actually bring food into the hospital and just do it that way and just say, this is the only way I'm going to eat. And th- you just have meals prepared and brought into you. So most of the time you can get around it. Just speak up. Don't be afraid. You're not going to hurt the, f- the feelings of the hospital workers. Just this is your health. and It's more important than their feelings, to be honest with you. I would have Christine bring me as much bone broth as she could possibly bring <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> to help with the healing. And, and the fasting one is kind of interesting, although, uh, you know, with healing, you probably do need to eat a little something to help in some of the healing
2: process. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think bouts of fasting during that time can be okay, obviously talk with your doctor about it, but I would say they're going to want you to eat some eat food um, as you're healing. So, they'll freak out if you don't eat yeah, anything. <laughs> right. So I would just, just play the, the eating, um, the routine of, of eating and keep it simple. Yeah. And you're going to probably want to eat some food, maybe not a lot of it, but some food after your procedure. So bring in some healthy options from the outside world into <laughs> the abyss of hospital food yeah i remember when christine had some neck
1: surgeries a few years back uh some of the food that they were serving and i'm going oh my gosh (laughs) how do people eat this stuff but they think that's healthy yeah sadly well thank you ethan for that question and we're up to the keto talk mailbox portion of the show and this one's from kim Hey, Jimmy and Will, I just found and subscribed to Keto Talk. Thanks for the great information. I'm thinking seriously about getting into the keto thing for myself, but I'm still doing my homework. I'm a 61-year-old carb-addicted female. If you're carb-addicted, you need keto. I can promise you that. (laughs) Who needs to lose at least 50 pounds? I was recently diagnosed as pre-diabetic, and I want to get myself back to feeling happy and well again. So my question for you guys revolves around how keto helps with anxiety issues. Is there any medical, scientific, or other data with ketogenic diets and anxiety? Or does it actually make anxiety worse? Ugh, I hope not. Thank you again, Kim. So, Kim wants to know, and this is something I wrote about in Keto Clarity, but I want to hear what Dr. Will Cole has to say. Does a ketogenic diet help or hurt with anxiety issues? And maybe we go back to that study we talked about earlier with depression.
2: Yeah, I think that's look. Look at the article, the link uh, there for the for having depression rates, but anxiety is very, very common. Sadly, eighteen percent of the population in the United States have some sort of anxiety disorder. It is very, very common. Patients will just mention it in passing on their list of health problems. It's so common, and it's it's crazy. Whether it's low grade anxious or it's anxiety panic attacks anywhere on this anxiety spectrum it's it's very common um but there are some pretty cool studies out there um one study was just last year 2016 was in the frontiers of molecular neuroscience It looked at it was a rat study and they fed rats either a a standard diet and then and then uh the other group had a standard diet plus different versions of these exogenous ketones and they saw an increase of beta hydroxybutyrate and they found that all treatment conditions no, no matter what but group they were in, they saw a decrease of reduced anxiety and they were able to get through that maze easier um, with being in, a, in ketosis. And they supposed that it was through these GABA pathways and GABA yes. is sort of the chill pill uh, resting like inhibitory neurotransmitter. But there's a whole field of research called the cytokine model of cognitive function. Basically, how inflammation impacts how your brain works. And just separate than this study, I'm just I'm just riffing my on myself that that driving we know that ketones work on driving down inflammation too so whether it's impacting GABA or decreasing inflammation or both these are the positive uh aspects of a ketogenic diet that you can see in brain function I can tell you, Christine used
1: to have panic attacks uh, that she would actually have to take medication for. And as soon as she went keto, Will, she was able to stop the medication. And the panic attacks, which used to be pretty regular, are now so infrequent. Um, It's amazing. Just just a nutritional change. And it's that powerful. And it's, again, a testament to the power of the ketones in your brain health.
2: Mm -hmm. yeah it's the power of ketones for sure and it's also a well formulated one is avoiding foods that really drive up inflammation too so I think it's, it's, it's both you're avoiding all the junk and then you're eating rich brain foods as well symbiosis is what they call that <laughs> yeah <laughs> well Kim yes
1: please jump off the bandwagon of gee I wonder what I should do just do it give it a go and and do all the things I highly recommend you check out keto clarity so that you can learn how to do a ketogenic diet the right way and then you'll be feeling great and not anxious uh, very soon it's not a grand pill for everybody I'm sure there's other uh, psychological things that could come into play that even a diet won't help with but as far as kind of stabilizing that mood, um, a ketogenic diet does it with wonders for most people. Well, we are up to the iTunes reviews portion of the show, and we have two of them to share here today, Will. The first one's from Paleo Paula. I adored Dr. Nally, and I like Doc Cole very, very much. He has a slightly different perspective, which is very worthwhile. I appreciate his knowledge and his flexibility to work with people in many different health situations. I've been low-carb, paleo, keto for 20 years, and I'm still learning and modifying my way of life. Thanks to you guys for a great podcast. And then uh, the Foxter OC, of course, we all miss Dr. Nally and the unique and fun, funny way he delivered information. But I welcome Dr. Will Cole and thank him for sharing his perspective and knowledge with us. Oh yeah, I love you too, Jimmy. Yeah, thanks, thanks for that, uh, the Voxter. I still believe Keto Talk is the best podcast out there on the topic, and enjoy each week's podcast. Keep up the great work, gentlemen. So thank you guys for those reviews. And as always, if you'd like to leave us a review, head on over to iTunes. I think they actually call them. Apple podcast now but go to go to iTunes and, and type in Keto Talk Jimmy Moore Will Cole you will find the show and you too can leave us your review for us to read on a future episode but that's it for episode 85 of Keto Talk with Jimmy Moore and Dr. Will Cole. As always, go to ketotalk.com uh, for full show notes for this and every episode and ketotalkfb.com for the official Facebook page uh, where Dr. Cole kind of chimes in every once in a while there. So don't go check it out. Jimmy Moore tries to be on there at least once a day so that you guys can uh, engage with us. But we would love to hear from you. And we have some special plans coming up, you guys, uh, in a couple weeks. Uh, will and I will be sharing some lectures That we gave at a recent conference uh, While I'm traveling uh, We needed an episode And so we're going to air that here in a couple of weeks And then in November We're going to have a very special guest That we talked about previously uh, On the podcast And uh, she was she's uh, agreed to come on And talk about a vegetarian keto diet And how you can do that So we'll be asking you for questions About doing a vegetarian vegetarian ketogenic diet here soon that we will address on that show coming up in november so we're always thinking of new ways to to share information with you and we really appreciate you being here with us here at keto talk so until next thursday will we'll see you then have a great week you've been listening to keto talk with jimmy moore and dr will cole visit our website ketotalk.com for full show notes for this episode if you love keto talk then drop us a review at itunes thanks for joining us for today's episode and we'll see you again next thursday
0: disc of light